What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of season 2 of the Chungus Cast. We've made it to 20 episodes, and we are just getting started. Now, if you guys have not already listened to episode 9 of season 2, please do so, because this is directly related to that episode. It is part 2 of a three-part series I'm doing with my good friends Elise and Eric, uh, a.k.a. the Discount Disco, a.k.a. Sneakers in the Dryer, plus DJ Jouet. A.K.A. Elise Anamchara, I think is how you say that. It's her uh, astrologer name, astrology name. A.K.A. Uh, Eric doesn't have a second name, so Eric, again. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys liked episode 9, if you have already listened to it. Uh, this is just like straight up right where you left off. We, have, we are not missing a beat. I don't really want to talk much about it because, you know... Let's be surprised a little this time. But, you know, astrology, we touch upon stoicism again. And uh, uh, pooping at work and, and capitalism and that sort of stuff. Um, I promise you this episode will entertain you, so please listen. And I'm going to shut up because I've said enough. Uh, you know what to do at the end. Rate, subscribe, review, uh, share, give me your feedback, tell your friends. We were at about 30 listeners a week. We we started up really high, but I guess like the non-diehards kind of died off. Um, and we have 30 people who literally listen to every episode, which is pretty fucking awesome that I have 30 friends that, you know, are interested enough to literally take an hour of their week to just listen to this mind-bending nonsense that doesn't mean anything. But it means a lot to me. And the more you help me, the more I can help you, and we can keep this thing rolling. So you know what to do to do that. Um, I'm going to shut up. Please enjoy Closer Instrumental, and I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. So at least do you do you like when you do your explain what your astrology stuff is like for for like your job like if somebody hires you like hey I want to do you like read their natal chart or yeah I do natal do we, charts do we get into that progress charts um solar return charts um yeah so I'm like not gonna lie uh-huh. the knowledge you just bestowed on me definitely helps me from like a I don't know how to say this. Like a, like sort of like a, uh, what's the word? Philos- ph- philosophical standpoint? I mm-hmm. don't know. I like had like a weird, I don't want to say episode, but like just a hard time with COVID. And then I lost a family member and then a bunch of stuff. And something that really helped me was like stoicism. Mm-hmm. 
um, which is basically just like one one sect of philosophy. It's like just one ideology within the philosophy, like traditional philosophy. But like what you just said has totally changed how I think about certain things. Well, it, it hasn't totally changed it. Like I just learned it, but... Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Like it, it just like it puts it into a context that makes makes it way more comfortable for me to think about certain things, I guess. So I don't know. I get I maybe what I'm trying to say is there's probably something to uh your sessions. I'd like to think so. Um I've been do, I've been practicing astrology uh, you know, professionally since two thousand twelve, but it was really some of my earliest reading materials was astrology uh, and much to my mother's chagrin because we're Catholic. Uh, So, you know, at a certain point when I was like really into astrology, she was like, okay, um, you can put that down now because it's a little something called sacrilege. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I was like, okay, uh, well that's neither here nor there. Um, Yeah. I, you know, like, and it's so funny because I feel like I've always had a very kind of, uh, age of Aquarius or like Aquarian or Uranian because, uh, Aquarius is ruled by Uranus. Um, and, uh, I'll get into that in a second, but I feel like I always had that kind of approach towards, um, towards, uh, religion. Um, since I was like a very young person was just like, I felt like a very spiritual person and I felt like there were certain elements of like my Catholic catechism and like the structure around it that was beneficial but there was a lot of like dogma that I did not agree with. And I would like literally have to be sitting there having like conversations with either a nun or a very like, you know, some like overworked underpaid, basically volunteer parent teacher have like a Catholic catechism class on Tuesday afternoons being like, listen, Elise, I know there's a lot of things you have to say about Pentecost, but like, we're moving on, you know, like we, we have to teach to the test so that you guys can get confirmed by the end of this. Okay. So I feel like that's very common though, with, with people who are taught traditional Catholicism, just because there's just so much dogma. Like, yeah, well, like, well, so it just does not add up, which you're actually bringing me to like a really great, something that I want to talk about, about right now is, um, we are in a time for at least another year where the the suboptimal way to approach life right now is to rely on any truths that we've held as self-evident and that what we have to be having are these very every like mundane conversation they can be very philosophical but the fact is they need to be taking place every day and they um they need to be um, like there's so much stuff that we've just gone on just like blindly agreeing to. And that's like across the board. That's like in, in, in terms of religion, just in terms of society in general, um, our education system, our, uh, government, um, the media, the, uh, the use of the capturing and selling of people's information. You know what I'm saying? Like literally, Uh, you know, there's so much stuff that we just agreed to because we were looking at external like forms of authority and like this age of Aquarius thing is all about us taking back our own, the power of the individual as our own individual authority and shaping our, our 
our culture and our society and the community around the individual needs and the right to be an individual. Um, and so, yeah, I think a lot of people, I, my sister's not Catholic anymore. My brother's not Catholic, you know, like there's so many people that I know that grew up and I was like, I'm still probably the most like Catholic person that I can think of, like, aside from my mom and my family. And that's all because I was like, you know what? There is nothing more pagan than the Catholic church. Okay. <laughs> we're running around in robes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like we're like Swing, cer- swinging baskets of smoke. Yeah. We got incense. They straight up ju- drug you. I swear at mass. Like I could not stay awake as a kid. I don't know. Oh, what yeah. That frankincense is sure serious. That- yeah. Right? No, like that's, that's, is like, a drug exactly <laughs> what it is like those uh, nightshade um plants which of which you know the poinsettia is one holly berries holly holly is like a sacred tree to the druids the um druid men used to carry around pouches of the berries like holly berries uh for virility <laughs> like we literally Halle yeah holly berry <laughs> yeah holly berry yeah. definitely makes me vera yeah exactly she's helping vera <laughs> Yeah, young, virile men everywhere. Oh, she, um, she's also Leo, by the way. Thanks. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, um, there's just like so much like elements of life, like so much like so many levels of existence that our current, uh, that the current reality or of this like day and age does not account for, and people wonder why they suffer from like so much dis-ease whether it be physical mental emotional spiritual and to ignore that like huge that there's like other levels of just like i'm i come from a theater background we talk about it in terms of levels of dialogue you know there's a person to person level of dialogue there's a person to a crowd you know there's a person to their maker you know like a private conversation between you and, and god or like you know kind of like asking the, a higher consciousness and then I, and then there's me to myself there's like a, there's the four levels of dialogue well imagine that's really the nature of like how existence is there's definite there's like multiple levels of consciousness there's multiple levels of being happening simultaneously but your nine to five job and your, you know, you know, your PTA meeting and your, you know, what you hear on the radio is only asking you to account for, it's only telling you to account for one single, very linear, which is a construct. Okay. There's not even a such thing as a straight line. Okay. There's literally not such a thing as a straight line until you make it with another object of which that was also made in <laughs> to ma- in order to ma- make a straight line possible. Like it's so fun. So like, there's so much about our existence and our consciousness and, and what we think is important right now. And like for years, for not just years, like for like hundreds of years. Um, but like, it's gotten really bad since like, let's say the end of like the late seventies. Okay. It's gotten really weird and like super extra false and super extra like uh exclusive in terms of like it's it's excluding all the things that make life worth living so like i totally see why people would want to just like like jump ship and like or like switch to stoicism because life is hard and 
to, to live, to go through the process of like constant, like getting your hopes up and being disappointed or, or, you know, like putting yourself out there and then just that, you know, have your heart served back to you on a pl platter, you know, like it's, it's rough and you need to have a sense of purpose and a sense of, you know, there has to be some kind of light at the end of the tunnel. We just can't, uh, you know, just say that to live now for like, uh, you know, I'm not going to just to live for like a tomorrow that is like a paradise somewhere else when like we really have, we literally have the technology that could like make a paradise like in your yard. You know what I'm saying? Like you could make so many things a paradise. We don't need to subscribe to like what other people agree is a paradise and then wait till the collective like shifts it into gear to build one. It's like, no, you're literally in your house right now. You're spending 90% of your time there because of, we still have COVID like a uh, lockdown. <laughs> I mean, I'm in New York. So like, we're yeah. like still like lockdown, lockdown. Um, but like start where you are, start with what you have. And whenever something like pops up, whenever, like every, everything seems like a TPS report to me. You know what I'm talking about from like office space, every, <laughs> everything that someone tells you that you should care about. That sounds like someone telling you to make a TPS report probably because it's a TPS report and TPS report literally stood for like toilet paper something. I can't remember like what Mike judges uh, something was behind that, but it was kind of <laughs> like how the, the character Fez on um, at that 70 show was foreign exchange student. And that, and it was just an abbreviation on the side of the. Wait, what? Yeah, so Fez no. wasn't an actual name. It just said foreign, it just said F-E-S. And that was, Shit. that was Jeez. why his name became Fez yeah. is because it was kind of like hilarious. Cause that way you never had to like distinguish where he was from. He was just for it, you know? And, uh, Fez sounds like he's <laughs> from so many places, right? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, like, right? it's like, it's like using Springfield as like your town for the Simpsons, right? It's like, yeah. there's a, you know, their number of Springfields is uh -huh. outrageous. So, um, so that's exactly, so like, that's what, that's like, if it sounds like a CPS report and it looks like a TPS report, it's probably a TPS report. And, probably is. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know. So, so if I can, if I can just interject, yeah, I want to I wanna ask, I, I ask Giff, what about stoicism Ooh. have you found like helpful, interesting? Uh, what's the, what's the draw? So I think, so I think for, so the issue for me, <laughs> this, I don't want this to get morbid or anything. But, uh, you know, I just kind of like, like I turned 24, COVID hit, and my grandma all died in like one week. And I was like, holy shit, I'm going to die in like 30 years, maybe sooner, maybe later. But like, you know, probably later. But like, like oh. I am mortal, right? Uh -huh. And I'm not like religious in any sense. I, I guess I would characterize myself as like agnostic like searching for something but just nothing's really been compelling to me mm -hmm. and so that that's just like really bummed me out and it got to the point where it, it just got like it became like a depressive episode like i couldn't i couldn't get over it like i was obsessed with it and then i don't know i got over it eventually and then recently i picked up this book that everybody listening should read it's called how to think like a roman uh a roman emperor and it's about the last famous Stoic ever, Marcus Aurelius. 
And uh, it's just like, I don't know, I think like a lot of what you said I, I, I resonate with, but but the thing with Stoicism is it provides like a structure to like your life that, you know, religion provides as well. But like I said, nothing in, nothing religious has really stuck with me. And, and the Stoicism structure is like super rational. It's like, you know, there are things you can't control in life. Like you have to deal with the cards you're dealt, but at the same time, you have to do the best you can with the cards you're dealt. So it's like very much like, you know, God helps those who helps themselves is a common uh, idiom. Like y- you can't control everything, but you can make the most out of everything. And the more you lament about, you know, how good or bad your life is, you're like wasting time, I guess. And I'm probably totally wrong. I've only like read like half a book about this, but this is like kind of what I picked up. Um, and the founder of Stoicism was this guy who he was a dye merchant. He sold different uh, purple dye, which was like the most expensive dye in all of the Roman Empire because it mm-hmm. denotes royalty. You had to get it from like this really special plant that like was really rare. And he was a dye merchant. He was on his way to Athens and his boat sank. And he basically became a beggar in Athens for like three years. And he said, the best part of my life was when my boat sank. Because basically it gave me perspective that like materialism is, it's not, it's not something like you don't have to be like a Buddhist monk, sit up in your cave and say, I scorn all materialism. But at the same time, materialism is not the answer. It's a tool to get you to the answer, which is like, you know, being the best person you can be. And, and, and that means being a good person to yourself and to others, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. No, I just, I think it's a, a, interesting because I, I was, you know, as Elise was talking about catechism class and some of that and, and you having brought up stoicism on, on one of the earlier episodes I was listening to, and then also just kind of like relating some of, of my past is, is that, you know, I feel like I sort of naturally went stoic pretty early on in my life. Like just as a, like learning a little bit about it in, in like, you know, middle school social studies oh, wow. of, of Greek stuff, uh, and also, so so like both my parents, both my older sisters, both my dad's parents are all teachers. I got like a heavy, heavy academic upbringing, not in that they were like professors, academics, but just like I, I like I just always had books that were like age appropriate to like learn about stuff. Just, you know, they were they were always teaching whether I was in their class or not. Um <clears throat> But so, so, um, you know, I, I grew up going to, to a Methodist church and a lot of it was not making sense to me by, you know, middle school and all that. (laughs) And, and sort of like the, 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 the things that you're saying, but also the tenet that I associate most with stoicism is that kind of idea that like if you allow yourself to become emotional instead of rational, then you've mm-hmm. lost control. Right. And it's okay. Right? Then you're like, like to explore your emotions, but at the same time, it's like, like, it's not like the Jedi where you can't have emotions, but you can, 
you're not supposed to be consumed by them. You're not supposed to give in to them. Like they're just supposed yeah, to yeah. Be like they should not be what's guiding your action, right? At at least not in an immediate sense, right? And right. like you know, so so that sort of conceptually I had pretty early on, but also just in in reflecting back on myself, like. I think I kind of naturally turned to it out of growing up in such like a small rural place where I didn't have, I had very, very few people that I like connected with on, on anything. Uh, And, and also, you know, just my, my career is, is in architecture, which is something that just like also happened naturally. The most most stoic profession. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. And (laughs) Right, exactly, because there's, like, you need nothing but rational decisions all the time when, like, every single part inside of any building that's ever been built has had an architect that's like, this is where that should go. <laughs> right. Um, and, and yeah, so, like, that happened pretty naturally. Like, uh, my my grandfather on my mom's side was an iron worker. In, uh, she grew up in Arlington and and her grandfather was a concrete foreman they like worked on building the museums around the national mall oh wow stuff like that like that the swedish side of my family are all all craftsmen and so that, that grandfather saw me at like eight playing with legos just like looking at the instructions and putting it together he's like you should be an architect when you grow up and i was i was just more or less like okay like i took drafting classes <laughs> in high school at, oh wow at, went to tech for architecture and it just like was all a very natural fit all along. So I think I've always kind of had that like rational mind and sort of like withdraw from emotion out of like not feeling like I could relate to people early on. Like, yeah, like, like all the people, like very few people I went to high school at all or like elementary growing up, like, did I have shared uh, like passions with anything like that? Like I had no. Go ahead. How do you square that with like your music, your love of music and your, you know, like you have this very rational math based profession, but then you get home and you go on twitch or you go to a show and you perform for people and you're literally i assume you're you're going a lot off of just you know feel like how how does Mm -hmm. this crowd feel what do i want next and it's like you're not like planning this out like oh this drop to this drop this will be great this will be like there's probably some of that but like it's a totally different world you're totally you know it's more yeah yeah very 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 little of that like i go very by the like seat of my pants like when i i've not I've as slowed, yeah, much I've, by and not as by the seat of your pants as i do but certainly by the, <laughs> certainly by the seat of your that's pants. that's how you know you're good at something though if you can do something like that you can just wing it <laughs> do you mean sure. djing or like all of life all of life are you talking to me i feel like if you, yeah I'm, I'm talking about both of them, I, both and. I mean, you actually have, like, names for the things that you're going to be, like, playing. I'm just like, hey, this is happening in the sky. Let's boogie, you know? Like, I'm uh, I, I'm very – I'm stoicism is something that I understand, and it's only something that I, like, more – in my more recent times, I'm understanding how it 
supports what I know and feel in terms of like being a very emotional person and thinker and doer. But like I learned to operate on just rationality just because people would not, um, uh, in my, in my school environment in my whatever environment, they were like taught to not respond to emotions because that's hard to wrangle someone who's emotional about something. But then they would try to teach me about stuff that I was not emotional about. So then my brain would not like click in. So now like I, what I, what I focus on is really getting people to understand that they both have like value, which is also something that I've gotten, which I've been, I've, I've worked with Eric, uh, in, in terms of, you know, like he has to understand that I'm someone who like, if I'm not feeling it in terms of like the, like a song and I like our first DJ gig together, our first discount disco, uh, live performance was at El Techo in DC and, uh, the wrong version of the song. Like there was like, the, it was the song astronomy, not astrology, astronomy, it wasn't the Dan solo vocal remix and it just came on. I was like, Oh, what is this? I was like, so offended. I'm like sitting there and he was like, Oh, well, this is the song. And I'm like, no, it's not like, there's only one version that will do at this very moment. Cause it's the only one that's like in the highest vibrational alignment with what it is that I'm feeling and trying yeah. to trans I, transmute. I think it was like the Dan Solo remix, not the Dan Solo vocal remix or like, you know, something that's, that's a very like minute distinction when you're like scrolling through to pick a song. But sonically, there's a pretty, pretty big distinction. Spiritually. And especially. Everything. Yeah, don't don't play the wrong one for Elise if you want your arms to not be broken. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, friends. You came in here with limbs and now you have no limbs. Yeah. So, so kind of what I was getting at kind of the, the stoicism and, and sort of all around and, and coming back to the music is that I would say that like, I don't know. I, I feel like I was, I kind of reverted to a natural stoicism in, in how I related to the world. And then it's it's kind of that collective energy I was talking about earlier, like first with tech football, just kind of like sports, that that gaining of, of an understanding of a collective energy and then uh, uh, experiencing it in music that like started to open me up to some some concepts that aren't necessarily fully rational, right? Like architecture is a very logistic field there's some art to it but the the artistic side still has to get like reduced to telling somebody where they're going to go pour some concrete right, right? like it's, it's very it's logistic as as artistic as it starts it's got to get carried out by people who aren't you in order to become built environment so like it you really cannot take the like rational logistic Ah, step by step linear out of it at all well step by step has is like is a is a is a both and it's not necessarily linear we just think of it as linear True. because True. we've been institutionalized to believe that life is linear that your thoughts are linear that literally you go from like impulse to action in a linear fashion and like that's where like i think the the you know philosophically stoicism is easier to operate 
Okay. But what we're, what it completely bypasses is the why we have emotions. Emotions are here to tell you something that there is something like there that's, you are experiencing something that actually has ramifications throughout, not just your brain, but your entire body. And then how your body and your brain responds to the emotional body and a physical presence and, uh, you know, vocal input of other people around you, like your, your emotions have a lot to say. And of course, setting them aside or telling yourself that they have no rational purpose is is fine because then you can just like hone in on what can rationally be done and take care of your your responsibilities in that, in that sense, you're still going to have to deal with the emotions at some point. There becomes a point where you can't leave those things behind and expect yourself to like go and live like a fully, you know, fulfilled life and stuff like that, just based on rationality. I think like the best way to do it, to do, to do whatever is just to understand what it is, emotions that are, uh, what they're telling you. The other thing that's like crazy is that I can't remember. I think, I feel like they go both ways, but at some point in time, um, I remember going to a psychologist and they were talking about like, emotional thought something where like you basically go from like an emotion that then gives you like a thought which then like leads you to an action but like sometimes it's like you get a thought that then gives you an emotion that then leads to action so the fact that do you see how non-linear that already is the fact that you can just like invert you know you can just change around these like first two things is like already fucking up the game when it comes to oh no life is linear and so is your so is existence and so is like how you should do things um this is like what i mean by like allowing everyone to have their own process because some people are naturally operating on a stoicism you know like uh, from that like standpoint whereas like i had to give myself enough space from my family from the environment that i grew up in to really understand something about myself which is that like my emotions, my feelings are facts. And I have also a very intellectual and analytical mind that can then grab or find the actual, the facts, facts, you know, like as in support it with documents, you know, you know, site sources that are outside of my emotions, but that my emotions led me to the answer first. And now it's just a process of supporting it in a way that someone that has a more rational thinking mind can also have the, the ocular proof to support my emotions that I know as facts. I don't go around saying like waving my emotions, my feelings as facts, like flag, but you spend enough time with me. It's some, it's a truth that you're just going to have to accept. You don't have to adopt, but you're going to have to accept. Yeah, and, and I would I would just like sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just I, <laughs> I was just coming back to the like uh Blacksburg seems like a small town coming from like total opposite sides kind of thing is that like kind of uh while while you're while you're saying that my thought was like I just wanted to like be like yes, e- emotions are equally as valid as ration. Because, like, you know, the story of the guy, his boat sank with all the dye on it. Like, like that's coming at it from 
a couched perspective of like operations right like it's ra- ration exists to be able to like perform tasks that are part of like the world of commerce at at the at the very like base of where that thought process comes from and commerce though it's commerce yeah yeah it's like right yeah but so 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 what i'm getting at is like i'm here and and what i want to say is that like emotions are equally as valid as ration you know it with with different perspectives but also that i'm like barely a year and a half <laughs> into having that like uh, perspective to wrestle with in my mind at all right like as as sort of like naturally stoic that's that's all very new to me and it's a, and you know yeah, it's, and a, it's really new to like sorry but like guys you know what i'm saying like you yeah. guys have to understand that you and you're in the western world for uh i mean a solid 200 years minimum but like we can go back further um i mean we could really go back we can go about like all the way back we can go back like at least 2000 years we can go back to well kaipacha who's one of my favorite soldiers talks about the patriarchy starting in six sixty five hundred years ago which is like literally the first time that like the male species realized that they had something to do that they physically had that that pregnancy was not something that just happened randomly and that <laughs> women aka mothers aka child bearers were the singular force bringing about the propagation of the human species like 6500 years ago is when men were like oh baby doesn't happen without me so i also have part of the creative force energy and then and then from there it started to diverge because like i i i don't know exactly why but the idea was we started to morph our uh our consciousness around things that we could like slowly but surely um things that we could see and smell and taste and things that could be explained or acknowledged um like on a completely like you know practical level rational level and that was even before the greeks went hard body karate on the uh full full (laughs) tilt rationality situation um even to the point of separating say ethics and morals um uh you know like but then you hit a wall once you've once you've defined everything as into just black and white you're like okay so where's the magic you know like now now you're now you're craving for the magic and the fact is like when you leave behind the emotions that drive the impulse to think that drive the impulse to do you know it's all actually leading back to an emotion or a feeling a need that like develops in the emotional body you know um that then sends you out on your, on your physical path. Um, so yeah, if you lose the why and you lose connection to the why then, and what sucks is that like, we only just started using the words emotional intelligence, like in the past, like few years, you know what I'm saying? That is crazy. Someone would ask, could ask you about how, how old is an IQ test, right? It has to be, 
a hundred years old now, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, there's like cases in like the 1930s about like sterilizing basically people with mental disabilities and IQ tests were around back then. So it's, it's ridiculous. I think we, what, we start, we can, can we start zapping people that have low emotional EQs? Low <laughs> and, EQs? And, 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 and even, even just that, that's like, Eugenics. they had, they had <laughs> mental disabilities. Like, I mean, what is it? Cerebral palsy? Is that the one where they're like their brain doesn't connect with their body properly, so that they're you know they can't express anything? But we think their brains are like pretty fully formed, right? Like what we've deemed disability is actually just a different set of abilities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. but, and 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 so that comes back to that importance of like letting every individual. Do their thing, man, Be, and find uh, out what yeah. it is. The pro- the pro- the fact is, we never even let our like children find out like what their thing is, you know, like, um, and and oftentimes I was just listening to something else that they were like, oh, actually, it was my grandparent. Actually, I think it was like Christina Aguilera or something like that. Like it was her grandmother who was like, you know what, she can really sing. Like you should at least let her perform and like take classes whenever she can you know, whenever you have the, can scrape together the money to get, you know, her, uh, on again, off again, vocal trainer. Can you imagine like that's, and that's like a really young Christina Aguilar. I don't know, but I just like, I literally just heard that right before I, I was on here. So it was making me think of your grandfather saying, you know, like you should be an architect and you'd be like, mm-hmm. okay. Um, it often takes one, right. At least one generation removed to be able to see that kind of thing. Cause the parent is our, is just thinking about like your survival and their survival because of how much they've just had to like, let go of in terms right. of their own individual selves. Um, I don't even know. Well, that 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 timing makes sense too. I was watching. Shit, it's gonna sound a little crazy, but I think I think it, it was Roseanne on Joe Rogan talking about like if you take a long view of history, you can tell when civilizations were thriving best by their artistic output. Mm. And so, for wow. people of my and christina's generation uh you know the that that older generation went through very difficult times the great depression the wars all that but like our parents generation were basically fat cats in in that like the baby boomers right growing up in the 50s all that shit was like very minimal adversity but also very focused on capitalism so it like created the new level of capitalism yeah (laughs) so i I guess there's a thought there for me that 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 older generation that went through all that could identify in us the like importance of of artistic expression that's been trying to be that's been trying to that's that's been basically like they've been trying to smash it out of us because of that fat cat uh, uh uh 50s generation and like the the true sign of of flourishing civilization is is when arts are important to society like like I, there's so many people i know who work jobs they hate but have artistic talent and like why is that not a viable way to live 
Right. Or, I mean, uh, that's definitely not a viable way to live. Why isn't, like, doing your art more viable? Right. And it's only, only because, yeah, only because that's not <laughs> maximizing profit. For someone, for, like, a huge, like, corporation or whatever. It's, art is so, is subjective. It's individual. It's whatever, you know. And in order for things to make a huge profit, it means that everyone has to be invested in it. It means that you need to have a huge swath of the overall population spending their hard-earned dollars to do it. And real art doesn't really, you know, like, true, authentic whatever uh you know like if you do if you paint 10 painting or 100 paintings you know purely from the you know pit of your soul you might have one of them that is like really pleasing to the great majority of of the human population um but for the other 99 like someone who is really just looking at their bottom line and investing in an artist, you know, say like keeping their room and board and giving them money to whatever, like a one in a hundred return on investment is not enough <laughs> to make it worth it. So right. can, we, can we get a, can we get a business owner who's like, okay, with a sufficient profit? Well, <laughs> is that of maximal for, profit? Like just, first, just, you know, just enough for all of us to like, do all first right. Is, That's listen, all we need. Listen, first we'd have we'd yeah, have to right? retrain. We that is what part of what the age of Aquarius is about. It's honoring the individual as individuals over bottom line. People we and it takes every individual like to say I'm putting I'm drawing the line in the sand right here. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna only be myself between six p.m. and 6 a.m. the next day when I enter back into this place where I have to literally gaslight myself into existing between the hours of 8 and 5.30. Like, that is unsustainable, you know? Um, And, like, listen, the same society that we kept allowing to say that boys don't cry. Okay. It's the same one that made it so that you have to have a bread and butter job. Most of the time that's going to be like stripping you of your soul or, and or will to live in order to have, you know, just whatever free time you have to, for your creative output. Like there is right? a- the stock market's not going to manipulate itself. I mean, the stock market <laughs> and, and, and that's what's so crazy. And what's so great, also crazy is like with the, with like social media, it really is what you are paying. Like, listen guys, if our entire um, currency banking system, like, like globally falls to shit, what's still going to be online, honestly, is social media. And it's like that. It's like the, it's like social media. It's like, they already know first. It does. And how much of it is like the AI and how much is like the people that own these like corporations that utilize this AI that is like getting exponentially smarter or more like nuanced like every day. Um, But is that what you pay attention to, right? Where your focus goes, your energy flows. Okay. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Your focus, your, what you pay attention to is like what your actual paint what you're paying with you know what i'm saying so if you are paying Mm -hmm. more attention to the kardashians latest you know tummy tuck (laughs) or whatever instead of 
paying attention to like, (laughs) paying attention to like, am I, am I like, am I breathing into my back body? You know what I'm saying? Like, did I like, you know, like I, any, any, anything that has to do with you, that uh, everything that tells you to like look outside yourself for the answers or pay more attention to things that are outside of you than you do yourself, you know, you should at least have a balance. But more importantly is that you should have a really great sense of self as a baseline so that every new thing that you experience or everything that you already know but are experiencing brand new each day is like a chance to like relate to it and learn something not only about it but about yourself just by like relating to it. Not like how do I find new ways to like, you know, (laughs) every single person – I don't know. There's some comic that was talking about um, like they – They've trained themselves to only take a dump on the job. You know, they get there, they clock in, and they're like, I Guilty. said, I make, yeah, they're like, exactly. They're like, I make sure that, like, I'm taking this 22 minutes to myself while getting paid. You know what I'm saying? You're making me come in here at an ungodly amount of time to push your motherfucking papers for you. I'm going to make sure that I am having my one a day bowel movement. <laughs> on the clock bro and that's hilarious to me how like twisted that our world is that that is like a thing that everybody does an agreement on and it's because unless you work at an amazon warehouse then that's like (laughs) then you yeah then you are not taking no poops (laughs) then you only get the bucket wearing your diapers I mean, and the fact that, like, we just, like, let people, I mean, this is not, like, a third world country, okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, there shouldn't be an Amazon worker out there. There shouldn't be a human out there without a pot to piss in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, can we we send UNICEF in to the Amazon warehouses? Because I think (laughs) Doctors without borders. But like that's 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 a joke. But also, unfortunately, I think it's also entirely accurate. But like, oh, they'll probably probably find some colony of people like living amongst the shelves. Like they've developed their own currency. So so like that's actually a really great like. uh, I feel like this is like a really great like segue to where where and how stoicism like as can really be like the most effective is that we as humans should feel things like outrage against ourselves or other people having their dignity stripped from them, living without dignity, working in conditions that are bad. And then they're still not able to like make a living wage and stuff like that. So the, but like stoicism would say for you to not act from this place of anger, heightened emotion, Yeah, but, but you still have, it, it activates your need to take responsibility yeah, to right. change You're the still situation. Trying to help. So like my, this is like where I'm like, I just want people to be able to like embrace the, ah, like get it out there. You know what I'm saying? Like engage, allow their emotions to like go wild so that they can come back to a place to center and be like, okay, no, but how do I fix this and do it very rationally? And like, to me, for some reason, I just literally saw, I was like, you know how there's like counterintelligence. I was like, why aren't we, we need to be as structured in our counter over consumerism our you know, our corporate like overlords, like, and you have to, the only way that you achieve that is by being as structured as committed as you know like 
as a well-oiled machine of individuals that came together around a common ideology um, and that they're constantly talking to each other about it. They're not like basing their actions of today on like a conversation that they had two years ago. Cause imagine like how much just has happened like the past two weeks as opposed to like two right. years ago. Um, yeah. It's just like, information's moving faster. We're evolving faster. Our thoughts are evolving faster. Why are we still allowing for saying that the only way to get things done is by being taking a totally rational approach and then doing it? Yes, that is how you get things done more effectively. But if you don't allow for the emotion that like keeps you here, keeps you connected, like so that that everyone has a why. Because once you lose the why, that's when that's when the, you go into that that existential crisis of you know right. that's where you get into exactly. what's this case. Well, well, I don't even I don't want to confuse people listening. Like, there's two types of stoicism. So there's the big S, which is like the ideology, the Greek people, and then there's the little S. That's just being like cold, unfeeling, like this big stone guy who just sits mm. up, and has no emotions. The, the big S stoicism, you're supposed to like, you're allowed to have emotions, but w- like the most basic example I'll give is like you get an email from your boss and it really pisses you off. Now, one person might just get super angry and just reply right away and basically like, you know, antagonize their boss. Somebody who practices stoicism might be like, be able, you're able to recognize the anger. You're saying, why am I angry? Then you say, okay, what's the best way that I'm not going to be angry in like 30 minutes and how do I fix this? And mm-hmm. you you know, you know, take everything that you know, you say, okay, it's probably a good idea to re- respond to this in a neutral manner to not you know, put myself under the bus even further. That's how I'm going to do it. And then, then maybe you know, I'm going to talk to my boss later about changing our communication patterns so that I don't get pissed off again because I don't like feeling like this, I guess. Yeah. But you're totally like allowed to embrace that anger and use it as a driver, you know, right. in your life. But I feel like a lot of people, it just into the day and age, they are completely uh, just morphing big S and little S to just be like, you know, oh, yeah. emotions, yeah, no, we don't do them. You know, emotions, they're bad right. for operation. Right. So I just society is also conditioning people to not be emotional, which is, in my opinion, a bad thing. I agree with bad. you. Uh, I just I just wanted to bring up, a, it's not a counterpoint. It's a, it's a point for the same goal. But as, as again, somebody who's kind of the opposite side, who's like, I probably had some, I, I definitely had some level of like conditioning to not feel emotions, but there's also some like natural, natural rationality about how it works. But like, as long as I remember being cognizant of these things, I've been very much on the sort of like social liberal side of, of how society should work. And it all comes out of rationality. Like, that maximization of profit over, like, societal good is is entirely irrational. Like, it, it can break down pretty easy to me on, like, the issues of healthcare and education and, like, why the, the sort of conservative movement side 
doesn't want to contribute to that because they say I don't want to I don't want to just like be giving my money to other people. But <laughs> if everyone that you live no if 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 that. everyone that you ex- encounter in your society in your everyday uh, uh interactions in the world is smarter and healthier then your life is going to be better. Right. Right, like this, this, this. I mean, the concept that like, well, that's your taxes is, is a penalty, is is such a such a lie that we've been sold as Americans. Like, you should like. I would be glad to pay a lot more taxes if it meant that my neighbors had health care and their kids got educated much better. Right, like that's that's very rational. That is that is non-emotional at all. That is just me, like boots on the ground thought. I wish all of my neighbors had better lives because then that would make my life better. And we're done. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I had a lot of fun making it, as always. That was part two of three. Part 3 is coming next Sunday at 9am with the same peeps. Um, You know what to do. Hit me up. Hit me on my line on any of my social media and let me know what you think. Let me know what you want more of, what you want less of. And, uh, you know, there's a couple people who hit me up every time and I love them for it, but I really wish I could get some new uh, minds hitting me up. Number two, share this with your friends. Let's help grow the audience, grow the community. Um, and number three, rate, subscribe, review, share. Um, yeah. And you know what? I'm going to release a teaser video clip for this episode. You probably have already seen it. Let me know if I should do more of those. I think it'll be a really good way to help promote. But I don't know how effective it was. So let me know what you thought of that. And with that being said, I'll see you guys next Sunday at 9 a.m. Enjoy the start of your week. Keep chunking it up.